What's going on, NDT people? This is episode 10 of NDT Talk. Uh, my name is Kamar Dell, and thanks for listening. In today's episode, I answer some of the most common questions I've received since starting the podcast. How do I get into NDT? How do I move up? And how much money should I be making? For links to some of the schools and companies discussed in today's episode, see the podcast description. First off, I want to say thanks to everyone that interacted with the podcast in any way. Thanks to everyone that generously took time out of their days to sit and talk with me, and a special thanks to everyone that reached out with questions, comments, and occasionally praise. My last episode was in spring of 2020. Some of you may recall that our country was experiencing a bit of unrest around then. In brief, I just didn't really feel like I had anything valuable to add. So I took an incredibly long break. We're almost here two years later, and I'd like to say that we're back and better than ever. I got a new job, more certifications, and a renewed desire to create an online resource for NDT professionals and those just getting started. The majority of the feedback I received from the interviews was from new people in the industry. The general sense of the feedback was about several things. How do I get in? How do I move up? And how can I get some more money? I completely understand, so today I'd like to address all of those things in detail. So stick around, and that's just what we're going to do. Number one, by far the simplest and most affordable way to get into NDT is to know someone in the industry already. A solid portion of the people I've met in the industry were bartenders or well-spoken burnouts before getting into NDT. But for everyone else, you'll have to take a more deliberate route. The most direct way to get into the industry would be to join the military. Every branch of the military uses NDT in some way. Some of the most professional and hardworking inspectors I've met have come from the armed forces. Also, some of the wildest and unpredictable inspectors I've ever met have come from the armed forces. Generally, those are the Marines. For the most part, to be able to learn NDT, in the military you'll have to re-enlist, with the exception of the US Air Force. So expect to spend around six years if you plan to go this route. Once you bid, once your bid to join NDT is accepted, you'll be sent to Pensacola for NDI school. While there, you'll learn five methods, UT, PT, MT, and RT. The military is probably the only program that will have you fully certified in almost all of the big five by the time you leave. The drawbacks are not every inspector uh, job in the military will use every method. And the inspections are normally very simplified. So getting a true in-depth understanding of the techniques and methods is very rare. Depending on where you are in the country, the next best way is to go one of the go to one of the ever-expanding NDT training schools throughout the nation. I interviewed Rand Ernst of Central Piedmont on episode 8 of the podcast. They are located in Charleston, South Carolina. Spartan College in Tulsa, Oklahoma is one of the most popular uh, choices. I believe the tuition is around $30,000 for their program, but you'll graduate with training in the Big Five, and I believe they have other methods available as well. If you're in Southern California, AATA um, is a great choice as well. I interviewed John Stewart on episode seven of the podcast. If you want to hear more about that program, you'll leave there. Uh, you'll leave there with training in the Big Five plus advanced method training like phased array. There are scholarship programs that will cover your full cost of enrollment if you're a veteran and California resident. Reach out to AATA to find out if you qualify. Also for veterans, Warrior to Inspector is Kenny Green School in Flagstaff, Arizona, specializing in training former military personnel in all methods, 
and even assisting with API certifications. For the Midwest, there's Ridgewater in Hutchinson, Minnesota. Iowa State University offers an NDT minor as well, and many others. Like I said, it's an ever-expanding list as the demand for skilled labor increases in America. All of these programs offer job placement assistance to some degree, but at the end of the day, it's going to be up to you to demonstrate that you are worth a shot in the industry. I've been fortunate enough to assist it in hiring decisions for some of the most and best places to work in the country, and it's very rare that we've hired trainees or people fresh out of school. You will more than likely have to start out making an inspector minimum of $12 to $18 an hour to get your foot in the door. Depending on where you are, um, a company like Team, Mistross, or Acuron is probably your best bet to get started. My recommendation is to create a job alert through LinkedIn, Google, Indeed, or whatever else is hot these days. Companies like Team Accurate and Mistross, A+, these companies regularly do cattle calls where they are just trying to get warm body, warm bodies in and they love to get strong and eager uh, young people in the door. And once you're in, it's all on you. The next most frequently asked question is, I'm here. How do I move up? Well, if you're at a place that only has several methods and you would like to learn one that is not available, you're obviously going to have to move. Things that have been helpful in my career. Number one, mind your business. This is a job. You're here to collect a paycheck and take care of whatever it is you do when you're not working. Never ever get caught up in drama on the job site. In this industry, hours are long. Work tends to be hard and noisy, dirty, everything. So it's very easy to make enemies and get frustrated. Please do your best to rise above it. And if you cannot, make sure you handle your BS outside of work. Sometimes that's just the best way to solve it anyway. Number two, never refuse an opportunity. When I was new in the industry, I carried the buckets for months. When I was new at SpaceX, I worked 65 hours a week some weeks. The minimum is 50. When they needed somebody to fetch water, tape, a screwdriver, I was there. When they needed somebody to come in and assist with a method or with inspections in a method that I wanted but didn't have yet, I was there. I've had to cancel vacations. I've had to miss dates. I've had to miss concerts, all while keeping my eye on the prize. And I would say for the most part that I don't regret any of those decisions. Number three, be a good hang. The vast majority of our time is spent in between jobs in NDT, whether it's waiting for something to get ready, driving in the truck to the job site, calibrating, evaluating, evaluating data. We spend a lot of chair time, so that's a lot of time just hanging out. The best way to get left off the next call out is just being a bad vibe. Don't let it be you. Number four, don't be a know-it-all. This goes for everyone in the industry, no matter how long. You do not, cannot, and will not ever know everything. I'm talking to myself at 26 years old now. The best way to turn off a potential mentor is to come with an attitude of superiority. I passed my level three ASNT UT exam in 2016, and I've learned easily three times what I, kn what I knew then, since then. Every inspection is so different. Never close off an opportunity to learn from anyone, no matter what your perception of their knowledge and skills are. Number five, 
Find a mentor. Now this is easier said than done, but at the end of the day, you will not do any progression on your own. You will need one or several knowledgeable inspectors, level threes, and managers to usher you along the way throughout your career. If available, local ASNT chapter meetings are a great way to find people making employment decisions. Number six, be a mentor. The best way to learn is to teach. Anytime a junior inspector or just junior in the method or technique is asking for help, it is your responsibility to give as willingly and openly as you would have liked when you first started. The third most frequently asked question that I get is how do I get paid? My suggestion here, number one, put your time in. First and foremost, everyone's got to pay their dues. So it's very important that you understand you're gonna have to start as a trainee and move your way up to be able to get the real big bucks. It's very frustrating in the beginning to be working your ass off for $22 an hour when you see somebody that's been in the industry for a long time making 40 and sitting on their ass and coasting. I would not get discouraged because one day that'll be you who's sitting on your ass while some 19 year old is looking at you all sideways. Number two, be ready to go. This last tip is very unfriendly with employers. Often employers are going to sink a lot of money into your training and development. In my experience, time to bring someone on and have them ready to go uh, and ready to work is about three to six months, three to six months. So it comes with a lot of sunk cost. And that's even if the people are previously um, certified in whatever method you brought them in for, because every company is just so different. So you can't expect to get paid right away after getting certified either. Unless you signed a contract, you don't owe that company anything. In order for a company to make money off of you, they have to charge around three to four times what they're paying you by the hour. So trust me when I say you will not be missed after a few weeks. They have already made the money back on you. Again, if you sign something, make sure that you fulfill all of your obligations because this industry is small and you do not want to burn bridges. In my career, I've raised my pay almost double in five years by going from Houston to LA to San Diego and now I'm in Orlando. I'd love for this last place to be my home, but hey man, money talks. Number three, know your worth. PQNDT is a great survey. Go ahead and look at that online. When I was laid off, I had to accept whatever was given to me. But man, do I wish I knew about PQNDT before I got my offer because I would have at least had something to baseline it. A lot of times people play it really close to the vest when it comes to payment because they want to pay you as little as you'll reasonably accept. And sometimes what sounds good in one part of the country, you get there, like in my case, to California and you realize $30 an hour really is not what it is in Houston. So that's just a little bit. I've got links to all of the stuff that I'm talking about going to be down in the podcast description notes. So now you know how to get in, how to develop and how to get paid. I'll be back with more tips on job hunting, negotiating salaries and benefits and more educational videos, including how to's very soon. Don't hesitate to reach out with any questions. If you've ever reached out, you know, I'm horrible at responding, so don't take it personally. I receive absolutely no money for this, so I tend to let it slip my mind very easily. Uh, But I love hearing from you, so 
<laughs> just hit me up. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, until next time, take care. Peace.